everyone come tune in it's Des Cooper and he stand on a couch critiquing they're the couch critics what up couch nation you can do this lazy boys and girls <laughs> thanks Cooper I'm one of your hosts, Thess Kazak, and welcome to Couch Critics. On my virtual left, we got Cooper Hassel. What up? And on my virtual right, we got Easton Moore. What up, guys? And the movie we watched today, or not today, but a couple days ago, and that we're reviewing today. I watched today. today. You watched so today? Spoilers. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Is uh, The Master by Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, one of my favorite movies and my favorite director. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this one. It was my second time viewing it, and it was just still a absolute uh, great movie. So um, what, what we'll normally do, like we do with other movies, is we will do non-spoiler and then say if you should watch it or not, and then we'll go to spoiler territory. So, um, so Cooper... This was your first time watching it. What did you think? It was. I liked it. Why? It was good. Uh, I mean, my favorite thing about it was the acting, probably. Mm-hmm. Performances from the guy from Big Lebowski and the guy from Walk the Line. That's where you know Paul, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman from is from Great Big Lebowski. chemistry <laughs> the by <butler>. both of them. <laughs> Yeah, the kiss-ass butler from Big Lebowski. It's more like a coward. He's like a cowardly butler, not Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad He's also a pretty big kiss-ass, though. Yeah, he, he walks that thin line. Between kiss-ass and coward. He just plays it beautifully. <laughs> a line that we almost walk. <laughs> he walks the line, much like Joaquin Phoenix does in his other role as Johnny Cash in Walk the Line. But yeah, I really like The Big Lebowski. I think mm-hmm. everyone should watch it. Mm-hmm. So, but The Master, if you had to say, like, besides the acting, <clears throat> is there anything else that stuck out to you? A non-spoilery? No. Not really non-spoilery. I mean, there's the whole the whole movie's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. got some, uh, it's a thinker. I'll just say that for now. It is a thinker. It's a thinker movie, definitely. Um, so Easton... What did you think? And this is your second or third time watching it? Uh, this would only be my second time watching it. Okay. I watched it, uh, I think, almost a year ago because it was one of your favorite movies, this. And um, I had never, I, don't, I think at this point, I'd never watched a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So uh, this was kind of my introduction to him. And it was, first time watching it was actually pretty rough. Um, and this time around, it was a lot better because I'm a little bit more used to his style of movies because I've watched um, The Master, Inherit Vice, um, Phantom Thread, and I think I've seen uh, There Will Be Blood, Punch Drunk Love, Boogie Nights. Uh, I think I, that's all. So I I've more familiar with his style of um, filmmaking. So second time around, I did enjoy it a lot more. I was uh, I think just more ready for his style of. Um, filmmaking and it made me enjoy uh just the small moments in the movie that uh let you dive into the characters that he's uh letting you follow um so this isn't like 
one of my favorite movies or anything. I, I know Thess is a really big fan of it, but um, the second time around watching it, I I finished it today. I I could enjoy it a lot more just because of uh, just I guess knowing how uh, PTA kind of um, does his films. Uh, and one thing I really love about this movie and um, Paul's movie making is his way of incorporating uh, his shooting the movie and his soundtrack or uh, the score to it. Um, he pairs those together really well that kind of put you in the mood of where he wants to be. So uh, I think this movie does a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. And of course he picks um, one of the best actors to be in this movie. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix did a fantastic job. I would say um, this and maybe her, are probably Joaquin Phoenix's best performances. So uh, out of this movie, a takeaway, obviously uh, Joaquin Phoenix is a big one. He does a great job. I mean, he's the focus of the movie uh, for majority of it. So uh, of course, really loved uh, him in the movie. But other than that, I mean, yeah, the score, uh, the way uh, PTA shoots the movie. And of course, Joaquin Phoenix did a, a fantastic job. So, Enjoyed it more the second time I watched it because it is hard to kind of keep track of. And if you don't know, PTA is a little hard to uh, follow. But the second time watching, I, I enjoyed it a lot more. Um, so, yeah, good. good good movie here. But uh, I still don't understand. I, I still can't say I understand 100%. So it it definitely is a, a movie that you have to sit down and, and really concentrate and think about when, when you're watching to be able to follow it and see uh, what Paul is trying to communicate through the movie. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, actually on this viewing and we can talk about more in spoiler territory, um, is that, uh, my views on a movie kind of changed a little bit. And I don't think it's about what a lot of people's first viewing, uh, thing is about. I think there's something deeper going on. Uh, so, and we can talk about that in spoiler territory, but, uh, just to, just uh, just a quick thing before we jump into spoilers. Would you guys recommend? Who would you recommend watching this? And uh, or would you recommend this at all to anybody? So Cooper, who would I recommend you. watch it? Or just would you recommend it at all? I know I kind of like asked two questions there, but would I would recommend? recommend my friend Jackson to watch this. I think he'd like it a lot. You hear Jackson, that, Jackson? If you're listening, I think you'd like it. You hear that, Jackson? <laughs> Coming for your ass. No, I think uh, anyone who likes artsy thinking movies, I guess, well shot like Grammy type movies, not Grammy, Oscar type movies. Mm-hmm. Anyone who likes really good movies, I guess, appreciates yeah. like film and cinematography, acting, all that, all that good stuff. And um, also, Cooper, would, would you want to drink one of Joaquin Phoenix's um, drinks from the movie? No, it it killed a guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, since it wasn't Sorry, that's a spoiler. My bad. It's like uh, first five minutes of the movie, so well, like twenty. That was backstory. Yeah. Wait, which you mean his moonshine? He, like, I'd maybe try his moonshine. Four or five. I wouldn't drink his uh his rocket fuel. His rocket fuel or his just straight up rubbing rubbing alcohol. He made something else. I forget, but he's. Yeah, no. I would try his moonshine, maybe. You hear that, folks? Who would maybe try his moonshine? All right, Easton, would you recommend this? Heard it this? here first. Heard it here first. Um, 
I would recommend it if you have watched a Paul Thomas Anderson movie and you enjoyed it, then yeah, I would say this is definitely going to be a movie for you. Uh, or if you can enjoy a smaller or, a, you know, a paced movie um, that just takes a while to develop the story and you really like character development and weird characters, then I would recommend the movie. But if you're just kind of a blockbustery movie watcher, I would say you would probably hate the movie and probably turn it off within the first 30 minutes. Um, yeah, it's definitely a slow that, burn for the yeah. first about 30 minutes of it. Yeah. Yeah, the first couple minutes, it kind of keep you know you're kind of interested, and then it then it really starts the um, kind of character development. So kind of slowly um, developing, walking uh, Phoenix and introducing some other characters that are going to be essential to his uh, development. And yeah, if you can't sit down and really take all that in uh, for the last you know uh, twenty minutes or whatever, then you're probably not not going to like the movie. So I th- I think it's pretty a niche, uh, viewer base, you know, targeted audience. Um, but most of Paul Thomas Anderson movies are. So, um, if you think you can handle those movies and you like Oscar, uh, movies, then you're probably going to like it a lot, uh, because it's got great performances, a great soundtrack shot really well. And of course, PTA does a great job directing the movie and moving it in a, a positive yeah. direction. So, so, um, Easton, you basically said if you're a smooth brain, you don't have a single wrinkle, you won't like it. So, you heard it here first, folks. If you're a smooth brain simp, don't watch this movie, Easton Moore 2020. During the yeah, I would say, I would say to rent the movie first or watch it on Netflix because it is currently on Netflix rather yeah. than buying it. Because, like I said, this might be a movie that 30 minutes in, you're just like, I don't get any of this. I don't really like it. Whatever. And then, you know, you don't want to waste 15 bucks yeah, on that. you're stupid. But, but yeah, uh, Easton, stop insulting their intelligence. They get it, dude. Hey, I'm just saying. Come right out and say it. Just, just say it, dude. Stop being around the bush. You don't like this uh, movie. You're stupid. Yeah, just say it. Because you're too dumb to get it. Just say it. Uh... That's what you've been you saying. Trying to get me to self insult myself. All right. Well, Easton gets up the courage to tell the truth. I will just add on. Yeah, I agree. The first like twenty to thirty minutes starts kind of slow. I was actually texting Thess about this yesterday because we talk every waking moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm right when my wife. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird actually. Uh, right when Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix's characters meet, from then on, it's super engaging in my opinion. But up until yeah. then, it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but just takes a little bit to get the ball rolling, mm-hmm. which isn't a complaint. It's just like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up on this movie 15 or 20 minutes in. I would stick it out. Yeah. Unless of course so, you're smooth brain synth. According to Easton. In which you can go E-Clue or whatever. Whatever Easton says you can do. But e- if you like Moonshine, master. you'll love the movie. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is on Netflix. Film and Moonshine. It is on Netflix, so definitely go watch it there. Um, it's kind of hard to find. I actually have a copy of it, uh, but it, it took me a while to find on uh, on physical. So uh, definitely go watch it on Netflix, though. I definitely do recommend it. It is a thinker's movie, definitely. So uh, does anyone want to release the spoiler foghorn? <laughs> Thank you.
Mm. Well, I edit that in post, but uh, mm. I don't think you do. That shows so. you we don't listen to our episodes. <laughs> Christian Bale doesn't watch his movies. Do you think I would listen to my episodes? And neither does Ross. Okay. Yeah, For, and David Schwimmer also doesn't watch his stuff. So, um. Uh, anyway, so spoiler, name? spoiler territory. Well, that's his alias. <laughs> It's like Batman and Bruce Wayne. <laughs> They're two sides of the same coin. I could do, I could do a paper about Ross. I think I will. You should. You should. And Tom and Jerry. Mm. Anyway, spoiler territory. Um, so what this film to me uh, represents this. Um, so like the beginning of the film, it's really interesting of why they, they started with this um, very chaotic animalistic point to start walking Phoenix's character. Um, Frank, uh, Frankie, uh, is it Frankie Quill or Francis Quill? Frank Quill. It's Freddie. Freddie, the other FR, uh, name. Thank you. Freddie Quill. And to me, so this represented like, do you know, are you guys familiar with like Thomas Hobbes at all? Does the name ring a bell to either of you? Yeah. Rings a bell, but I don't remember what from. He's a political philosopher. Um, mid-century philosopher uh, who is proposed... he the uh, libertarian? No, he's the monarchist. He thinks that like man inherently is like this brutish creature who needs rules and regulations and this powerful ruler to um, stop their animalistic nature. Uh, you know, essentially, or like to press like press against their animal nature, or man or man will like be very unruly and be very. So before like society, he thought that man was just competing like these wars and living like an animal. And so in a way, that's how the film starts, at least in my perspective, is this very Hobbesian state of nature where there is no society and man is just living, um, living out the, his like animalistic pleasures, whether it be like pretty Quill, like masturbating on into the ocean or like having sex with this like mermaid. <laughs> So like yeah, so there's like this like really funny quality to Anakin it, but also and shambles. This, yeah, I'm sorry. What'd you say? Anakin and shambles. <laughs> Anakin and shambles. Yeah, he was heated <laughs> at that moment. So like it, there's this like really awkward and like funny like tension there. It's like or what's or like this like what's going on? Why is he doing that? But I think it does prove this like philosophical point. Like he's living in this very animalistic like nature, and so this whole movie kind of moves about between. Um, him fighting against his animalistic nature, either through like religion or through this power dynamic of like love between Lancaster Dodd, uh, who's Hoffman's character and him or like going and revert or reverting back to this animalistic nature. So that's the kind of whole po- point of the movie for me or how I saw it as, but yeah, kind of just rolling the ball there. So just rolling the ball, eh? rolling the ball. So that is interesting. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of people think that this movie is kind of about like religion and like maybe a critique on, um, Scientology. A lot of people compare it to like Scientology, but I don't think it's really about religion at all. If you notice throughout like the whole movie, um, it's really saying nothing about religion or like a religious, uh, upbringing other than like, 
uh, in the times that like it needs to, which is like to further Phil Seymour Hoffman's character as like this guy who's literally probably making this up as he goes along, according to his son at least. But I really think it's more about like this idea of like love between uh, a figurehead and someone, and that figurehead uh, figurehead's apprentice, and it's between the dynamic of, of Quill and Hoffman is how I, uh, and uh, Lancaster Dodd is how I see it. So, and that's how I kind of view this movie, at least in this watching. So. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Did you say they were homosexual lovers? I don't think it's necessarily like homosexual. It's more like, I don't know, like maybe like a father son or like, um, like they both like defend each other, uh, like as much as they can. Like whether it be Dodd to his family about like Freddie's, uh, like when Dodd's like uh, family's like Freddie doesn't belong here. He's upending the cause of your movement, and Dodd just kind of dismisses it. <clears throat> or like Freddie when he beats the crap out of like anybody who uh, <laughs> literally Dodd anyone if, he talks to. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he just so. And it's just I don't know if it's it might be like a strong like friendship or maybe a father son love. Is how I see it. Yeah, I read up a little bit after, and the biggest themes I saw were Scientology and homosexuality. I definitely saw the Scientology one a lot more. I couldn't, I thought, comparing them to a homosexual relationship seemed like kind of a stretch to me. I didn't really see that, but yeah, I would agree. It's more father-son or even kind of like brothers. Like, they just always have each other's back. I feel like Anderson, if he wanted to push... I feel like Anderson, if he wanted to push a homosexual relationship between the two, he would have shown it. He, you know, I don't think he would make it that open-ended. Yeah. Yeah, there's really no, like, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, physical contact, because, like, that's not all, like, relationship, especially like, homosexual relationship is. But it's definitely, I don't think, a relationship like love. Like, they're not in love with each other. But there's just yeah. some sort of, like, power dynamic between the two through this love whatever it is however you define it yeah i think i could see it just from like the passion that they have like when they're screaming at each other in prison and then the next scene they're like rolling around in the grass just goofing around being plain old silly yeah that is true i i I just as soon as you uh mentioned like the them yelling at one moment then play fighting at the other i was like yeah that could be a instance of that but i also really love the uh, in the beginning, kind of backing up here, like the the sh- the, the dichotomy between Freddie Quill as like this animal creature coming back in society, and him just like not um, uh, adapting. <laughs> like uh, one of the another pivotal moment <laughs> in the film, well, not a pivotal moment, but certainly one that kind of shows this is that when he's a photographer at the mall, and like he makes out with that woman. Uh, in the place in the storeroom and then he's like you want to go on a date later so there's like this sex part right and then like when he's actually having human contact he's just asleep because he doesn't care and it's just so dynamic i read about that because i didn't get why he fell asleep i guess (laughs) what he drinks there this is the i forgot earlier what other potion he makes that's like the uh the stuff you put on pictures to develop film (laughs) i guess he (laughs) makes a drink out of that (laughs) And that's why he passes out when he's with her. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a deeper yeah. uh, 
sense. I was just reading into that yeah. then, huh? I figured it was because of you because he was a drunk. That's I'm sure there is some some deeper meaning there too, but yeah, that's the concoction I forgot. Yeah, the the stuff you put on undeveloped film, he makes a drink out of it. <laughs> I just love that he just finds it. random stuff and just drinks it. Yeah, he's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> he's awesome though. He is really cool. I'd hang out with him. So, yeah. so um, we heard my thoughts. Uh, any other, like maybe thoughts or deeper themes in the movie that you two have seen or saw? I guess have in mind. Um, I felt like the movie had a lot to do with uh, childhood trauma or childhood upbringing, and then um, what he had to deal with in over war and being on the Navy base. Uh, I think it set that up early with, of course, him being in the Navy um, and him. I mean, it doesn't look like he really wants to be there, but he is. Uh, and just his life there. I think all of that uh, creates who he is throughout the rest of the movie. Um, when he's talking to um, Dodd later in the movie, he's talking about how he doesn't know his mom that well and his uh, I think his dad is dead because he was a drunk and he had a relationship with his aunt and he just has a lot of messed That's up true. younger yeah. part of his life. And then um, he is in love with like a 16 year old named Doris and um, he kind of uh, runs away from her, but doesn't really cause he's still in love with her. So there's just a lot of um, old stuff in his history that, really messes him up and then he goes to the military and it just makes everything worse. And then he's dealing with PTSD and, uh, being pretty much a drunk after that. And then he finds this new religion to try to be better or be a different person of himself. And it's just not working. So I, I see your point of him being, you know, it's a, uh, talking about being an animalistic person of, and fighting through that. But I also see it as, uh, somebody dealing with uh, their past, dealing with what they did as a kid and what they had to deal with as a kid and then mm-hmm. growing up with that um, and then stuff getting worse throughout their life and then still having to deal with that um, and that really affecting who they become as a person and then not being able to overcome that because uh, <laughs> towards the end of the movie, uh, Amy Adams, I can't remember her name, but uh, I guess Miss Dodd, uh, Mrs. Dodd, she keeps on saying over and over and over that he can't be fixed, that he's unfixable. And uh, Mr. Dodd, uh, Lancaster, keeps on saying that we have to fix him. You know, that that's the point of what we do is to, to fix people in these situations. So um, I think for me, that's what I took away from a lot of the movie was. Um, somebody trying to get past who they've been and what's happened to them and them just not being able to do it and uh, them trying to find it, uh, you know, find that release of their past through religion and it just not, you know, you have to do more than that. You can't just try to attach yourself to something else to fix what's happened to you and what you've done in your past. But that's kind of what I saw more so the second time, the first time, the first time I, focus probably too much on the religion side of it. And then the second time I noticed that that wasn't really the focus. I was paying too much attention to, is it, you know, is what he's, what uh, Lancaster said is like, is the movie trying to say that he's being real or is it 
saying that he's just making it all up. And I spent too much time thinking about that. Kind of going to your point too, Easton. I mean, one of Lancaster Dodd's like main uh, religious tools uh, in the film to like fix people is actually going back to the past and trying to correct those, uh, those problems that they have that could reoccur in their life. You know, I forget like, what's it called? Like, uh, they could, like, I don't want to say time travel, but you know, like their belief is that you can live like millions of lives through millions of years and those past traumas can come in different ways. And the way to solve them is if you enter into your consciousness and fix those problems to make those other problems go away, kind of in a layman in a sense like that. I'm sure it's a little bit more complicated in the film, but yeah, that does make a good point about past trauma and affecting you as well. So yeah, Cooper, what says you? About past trauma? Well, sure. Do you have past trauma? <laughs> yeah, everyone does. I don't. No. It's been smooth sailing for you since day one. Yep, I stay I stay 100. Came out the womb dripping swag. Ain't never lost it. So, no, about, like, any other deep themes that, like, or themes in the movie that, like, Easton or I didn't pick up on, or do you want to go to a, or one of our points or mention your past trauma. I don't, I don't really care. Don't really want to talk about my past trauma. Um, I think we hit everything I noticed. Um, one more point to the homosexuality thing. Uh, since I know we're all dying to talk about that. I read someone else thinking when Amy Adams gives Dodd and HJ in the bathroom and she's saying like, get those bad thoughts out of you. Someone thinks that those are gay thoughts. Mm, I think I did hear that the first time I watched it. Well, maybe I read your idea. (laughs) Did you edit that Wikipedia page? No, I I think I just looked up people's thoughts on it because I didn't quite understand everything. And I think I read something about that. It could also be like why Amy Adams like wants Freddie Quill out of like the program. Or out of the religion in general, too. Yeah, like he's shown Freddy a lot more love than he's shown her. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Maybe. Maybe there is some sort of relationship love dynamic that that could be there. Damn, really makes you think. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I just Uh, just really like this movie because it has a lot to say about human nature and religion and... And just like the like how we overcome, uh, either it could be both. It could be tra- like trauma, past trauma, and our animalistic nature. Um, I just like how it deals with those issues in a very interesting way. All right, I remembered the last comparison I was going to make. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like Rambo in a way. First Blood. Oh yeah, just because it's back to civilization. Yeah. That was more like the action side of it, but uh, yeah, Rambo. Check it out. Check out Rambo. Just because it's a soldier coming back with PTSD. Rambo is dope, at least the first two. They were. Even the 2011 one was was still good. I heard the, the newest one was not great at all, but... Yeah, I haven't heard great things about that one either, but... What are you I was wondering. Do? Yeah, 
I was wondering when I watched this movie again, the, uh, the scene where, um, land Lancaster was singing and, uh, Freddie was kind of passed out or half in and a half out, uh, while they're all singing and dancing and stuff. Uh, he sees everyone as being naked. Well, at least all the women as being naked. And I know that has a lot to do with his over sexual, like over sexual tendencies, but, it made me think, um, are there more scenes throughout the movie where it's kind of, uh, you know, over like he's seeing something that's not really happening and I just missed it. Or is it really just that one scene where he's too drunk and he's seeing, you know, something that's not reality. Do you guys think that there's more scenes throughout the movie that are kind of, uh, in his imagination or is it really just that, that scene? There was something at the end when uh, Freddie and Lancaster were kind of talking that I felt like maybe some of the other scenes were kind of uh, imaginary to Freddie, but uh, I didn't know if I was just thinking about it too hard. So I took notes during this viewing cause I kind of wanted like to write a more in depth review. I know. Uh, no, it's okay. Best. You took notes over Drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Drive's fantastic, so. So, anyway, um, and I wrote in the notes, or I, I talked about that scene specifically because um, this is, like, halfway through when he's, like, in the religion. Um, and I think, like, it just kind of still shows that he's still operating under that that animalistic nature of, like, sexualizing everything. And trying to get into this, uh, and trying to get into this, uh, back to his animal nature, it's kind of still showing that he is not cured, and he's still like sexualizing every <clears throat> woman that he can, because that's all he can do. So I think there's just like that struggle that's still there. Kind of reminds me um, of the end of Clockwork Orange, actually. Oh, I was gonna say that. I, yeah. Shoot. So I don't think Easton. Have you seen Clockwork Orange? We lost him. Yeah, I watched it. Uh, I think we all watched it together. Actually, when we when we lived together, I think oh, Damian, yeah, yeah. you were there. I yeah, think. we yeah. all we all watched it. I Just really saying, liked like, it. So yeah, Damian. I can see your point. Yeah. So like at the end of Clockwork Orange, spoilers for those who haven't seen it. Um. Uh, Alex is like cured of his uh of his just brutish ways, and then it shows at the end that he's kind of really not cured. So it kind of leaves this discussion of like free will and ability, like actually maybe overcome those tendency, those animalistic tendencies that like we deem as bad. Um, so I, that's how I kind of related it back to that. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the last two scenes that Freddie's in the first one, he's talking to 16 year old mom. And you can tell he's getting pissed off, but he's, like, showing restraint. And then, yeah, the next scene, he just goes and has sex with the first girl he can find. So it kind of shows that maybe he hasn't internally changed, but he's at least learned how to act a little bit. Kind of the same as Alex and Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Well, also, I was thinking about that scene, too. The end uh, is really interesting because he asks the same questions that Lancaster Dodd is asking. So it's like this... um, visual metaphor of like love which is sex which is through the sex but mm-hmm. then what like Freddie <laughs> yeah. experiences as love uh between him and Lancaster Dodd so it's like a almost a um 
a replacement or like a a um, another emphasis on that kind of love that those two yeah, used like to maybe have. Thinking about that, well, yes, X. Maybe they are gay, dude. Maybe I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I'll I'll ask PTA next time we hang out. <laughs> well, Easton calls him Paul, so maybe he sees him <laughs> yeah, more often than I do. First name basis. You're not first name basis. Can you? Just You're shooting shit with Paul next time. <laughs> ask him if they were gay. Easton, him go play hoops. <laughs> they go shoot hoops. No, every we play. Uh, we play cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Is ice skate. Figure <laughs> skate. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a yeah, clockwork orange is good. Thanks, Cooper. Anytime, man. It's a great movie. So find um, it at your local AMC. Uh, <laughs> no, never mind. Next time. Next time. Uh, well, I don't really have. I can't think of too many other things that we really haven't discussed. Oh, why did you think the? Uh, so you said like other things like could still be in his mind. Like what was the other thing that you were thinking of? No, so, there there wasn't anything that came to mind. But uh, I'm just saying when I watched that scene, it made me think that there had to have been other, you know, scenes that we saw that uh, were in Freddy's mind that weren't actually happening happening and i'm just saying that uh it kind of made me think about that again in the last like 10 minutes or so when they get together for that last meeting freddie and uh lancaster they're just talking i don't know exactly what he said but um him just talking about their relationship and it just made it seem like what we saw wasn't exactly what he was you know he said some things that didn't quite relate to what we saw and that could have just been me misunderstanding what he said. Um, but it, it just made me think that maybe Freddie was seeing things or in a different state of mind, making things more than they really were um, throughout parts of the film. Um, so, but I, I can't think of anything specifically. I was just wondering if you guys maybe saw a scene or two that were like that I missed that were similar to that scene, but of course they would have been more subtle because I would have to watch it again. Although in thinking about it, he does the most of the times he attacks people. It is like right after he takes a drink or not when he attacks people, but when they talk bad about Dodd, is that his name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like whenever Todd from breaking bad starts talking shit, it's like right after he goes outside and just downs an entire um, flask of God knows what. And he turns around and, Todd kind of just starts talking smack. So you might be on to something. I don't know. Yeah. I did find it also really weird that, uh, Peggy is her name. I finally looked it yeah. up. Peggy, uh, kept on talking about Freddie's alcohol addiction. And yet the whole reason why Freddie and Lancaster became friends in the first place were, was because Freddie was, I guess, making this drink that, <clears throat> you know, made him feel like he had never felt before and apparently um, motivated him or inspired him to write more. So I thought that was really weird. I caught that more the second time I was watching that, you know, the whole basis of their um, friendship. uh, Peggy is like yelling at Freddie for 
for that. Yeah. And, um, Lancaster, at some point, I caught this the second time too. Peggy or uh, Lancaster said at one point, uh, I, maybe I'm misunderstanding this, but said something along of, How did we even meet? Did he forget how they met or uh, um, was he just. Well, that's the thing of, in the whole movie is he's trying to remember how they met, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that's kind of what the like ending their is past about. Lives. Through like their past lives, yeah. Because again, like the religion is like we've lived all these okay. lives before. So there's some. So like, he was, he was saying past lives, yeah. not yeah. Okay, like, I thought he was connection. trying to say, like he had forgot why they became friends in the first place. But if you and think so about that, like makes the, more sense. Yeah. Later on, when he says that if we meet in a later life, we're going to be sworn enemies. Mm-hmm. Which gotcha. could be like a a point to like the the love is like instead of like these star cross lovers, like maybe they, these like cosmological cross lovers who are just bound to like be Always in this relationship meet. together. And yeah, but the together. whole religion's made up in the first place, so. Yeah, I don't know. He also, <laughs> well, I don't know about um, that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds pretty plausible. He also, uh, in that scene that you're talking about, Easton, he's being like a, he's like going off on Freddy. He's kind of scolding him. Yeah. And then like when the door's yeah, exactly. open and he walks out to the crowd, that's when he turns around and smiles and he's like, we have to talk about where we met. So what I yeah. got out of that is that he was kind of faking being charismatic for the people, but yeah, gotcha. That's what I was saying. I didn't quite understand if that was real or if it was something else. So yeah, the uh, Dodd is kind of slimy the whole movie. Anytime he's questioned, he gets really pissed off and calls someone pig fuck. <laughs> That's a good though. That's a, Which I appreciate. Yeah, it's in Better Call Saul too. Spoiler alerts. Oh, it is. Yeah, like in the first like episode or two, right? It's in season two. It's in season two. Yeah. Dang, I need to get better on my Better Call Saul trivia. You do, dude. You need to finish it. I know. Are you, did you finish it? I got like six episodes left. I think. Dang. It's so awesome. I know. I like it a lot. So any other thoughts or opinions on the master, either one of you? We're going into like rating it. I think I said most of what was on my mind while while watching it. I finished it literally maybe ten minutes before we started this episode. Oh, and it has Jillian from Workaholics. Do you guys watch Workaholics? Oh yeah, it does. That's where she was from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure like where is she from? And then she shows up late. She's only in two scenes. She's like getting evaluated in one. And then later she's kind of in the background. I was like, is that Jillian? It was. It was. Yeah. Workaholics. IMDB confirmed it. So. Let's see if I missed anything. Okay. Sorry. Oh, you're so, good. No, I don't have a. Should we? I don't. Uh, I we, don't have anything. Should we rate it? Yeah, we should rate it. We should rate it. Let's rate it. Cooper, what'd you rate it? What would you rate it right now? I would give it probably four stars. I liked four it a stars? lot. Four stars. Good. Yeah. Easton, what says you? Um, I'm same here with uh, with Cooper. I gave it a four stars the first time I watched it, and I think I kind of stick with that. Um, it's I can appreciate it for being a great movie, but it's not necessarily one of my favorites. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I still give it a, a four stars because it's great acting. I think the score and the way that uh, Anderson shoots the film uh, is really, really good. Um, and his character development is fantastic. So, uh, but I, I think it just wasn't my, I don't know, my style of movie, or I just couldn't really get into it enough to put it higher than a four, but I can still say that this is a really, really well done movie. And, um, I don't know about enjoyable, but yeah, just, just really good. So I put it at a four stars. I've changed my mind. I'm giving this a four and a half. Cause I gotta beat me out. Well, no, not, not that it's just in thinking about it more. It's like four stars is a great score. Like I don't give a lot of movie four stars, but this was just a really, really good movie. So I think I give it four and a half. Yeah. So, um, I gave this one five stars. I'm still going to give it five stars. Um, it is, I think a fantastic movie that explores a lot of deep themes in a very interesting and, uh, interesting way. And it has a lot of like ways to look through the movie. And I think interpretations are valid with equally, uh, valid, um, support on every side. So, and I think it, like I could see this movie changing how you view it each time you watch it. So that's what I can really appreciate is like, I don't want to say like a replay value, but it's definitely like a rewatch value. Uh, replay values for like games, but it's a good rewatch value, I think. And uh movie certainly, I don't think for everybody, but cert- but um, I think if you stick with it, you definitely do get something out of it. And I can just really appreciate it. I think it's my, it's my third favorite PTA movie behind Magnolia and then There Will Be Blood's my favorite so um, I really need to yeah. watch Magnolia it's three hours you can carve out I know that's why it. I haven't watched it yet it um that and the Irishman that's the reason hours, why I just never have enough time to sit down well, so watch three three and a half hours that's why I haven't watched a Nightmare on Elm Street documentary because it's four hours jeez oh that's got disconnected so hang on give me one second Hello? Are you back? Yep, yeah, I think back. I could, Oh, cool. I think I accidentally cut out of it. Um, you blowhard. I was saying, though. Yeah, I'm a blowhard. Um, Easton, re-talk about uh, why you haven't seen Magnolia. Just, like, I'll say it's three hours, and then, so we can edit that back in, right? <laughs> no, we're keeping everything. We're going to keep everything? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, was gonna, I just I was said gonna, that uh, I haven't watched Magnolia or... Uh, the Irishman because they're three and three and a half hours long and I can't, I just usually don't have enough time to watch that long of a, of a movie. Usually two, two and a half hours as much time as I have. I was going to say Magnolia does really well at like pacing for a three hour movie. Like it cuts between like six or seven different stories and does it really, it looks really good. Yeah. I, I love that movie. I think I'm gonna watch it tomorrow with Kristen because, uh, so I, I showed her a Phantom Thread last night, and she didn't like it. And I was like, so every time like, I tell her to watch a movie, I'm like, it has a love story. It'll be cute. Or whatever. <laughs> and it's not like we watched Punch Drunk Love, which she was not into. And I was, was like, not yeah, into that fair. one. I'm sorry. And then um, watch some other ones, too. But uh, watch you watch the line with her, did you? I know, but now she doesn't trust me. So I have to find a movie. She has to find a movie. I have to find a movie that uh, is one of my favorites that she'll like. So. I think Magdalene yeah. will do it though, hopefully. So Tristan has not liked a single PTA movie. So 
I get it. We watched There Will Be Blood, and she didn't like that one. She didn't watch Phantom Thread. I did. She fell asleep during The Master. She didn't like Punch Truck Love. Didn't like Inherit Vice. She did not watch Boogie Nights and probably never will. I yeah, don't want to show her that one. That's fair. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, it's just like uh, we just have different tastes in movies. So we like we like Fast and Furious. So. <laughs> uh, Is that a PTA too bad movie? F nine got uh, pushback. <laughs> Fast and Furious. PTA quietly yeah. did all Only, the Fast uh, and Furious movies. No one ever talks no, no, about no, no, it. No, 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 no. He only did. He did Fast Five. Everyone else, all the other ones were were different directors, but he did Fast Five. I don't. Does that one suck? He's done them all. Fast Five has been my favorite one out of the. Yeah, six that's most people's. Watched. Yeah, we have like three more, and it's 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 tough, man. Furious Seven was pretty Shaw. good too. We have Hobbs and Shaw coming up soon. Hobbs and Shaw already came out. Wait, you bro. have what? Furious Seven, uh, the Fast Eight movie, and then Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. So, um, so what did you guys watch this week other than than the Master? I know we recorded on Thursday, but maybe say some other movies that you you've seen recently or that you want to highlight. Better Call Saul. Anything from you? Just Better Call Saul. Watch Rick and Morty with my friend Davis. Still grinding that out. Still grinding. Dude, I just can't put it down. It's so awesome. After like... So the first half, first three quarters of season one are pretty slow. It took me a while to get through those. But then it just picks up. And then season two is good. And then season three or four just like almost as good as Breaking Bad, I think. So I've just been grinding it. I still need to watch Breaking Bad. Yes, you do. What are you doing? Yeah, just admit it. I need to. I just haven't. You just you need to. It's like one of the, probably the most binge watchable show ever. Yeah. No, Better I, I started watching the. <laughs> Arrested Development. I finished uh, one and a half seasons of it, so I'm on the second season, and I stopped watching because I don't know. It got a little scary. stale there for a little bit, so I I stopped watching. Dude, I don't. Not that it was bad. I just I don't understand when people say that. When I watch that. Show is just a nonstop binge fest. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be, and I was really invested the first season, and then it just got to the point where, sorry, spoiler alert here if you don't watch any Breaking Bad, but he had the prisoner in his basement. That's in season one. And there were just a couple episodes that kind of dragged, and I just didn't pick it up after that. I still want to. I, I still want to watch it because it was really good what I watched. All right, well, we can argue off screen about that. Uh, I feel like Malcolm so, in the Middle is a better uh, performance by the main guy, but I don't know. That's the sequel. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's canon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's canon. Gotcha. Uh, so I watched Phantom Thread. That was really good. It's one of my other favorite movies. By, also by Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, so that's a, that's a great movie. Um, did I watch anything else? Watch... Uh, Talking about Andre Rublev already. I've given out a lot of five stars this month. I've been watching some killer films. Gave Good. Robocop a five. Yeah, Robocop's awesome. Robocop. I love that movie. I haven't seen that one since a long it's been a yeah, long there's time. There's a there's a lot I can talk about in Robocop. Um we watched uh Far From Home. That was fun. Kristen hasn't didn't see that one, so I uh 
So we decided to watch it, and it's a fun movie. Nothing too deep there, but pretty fun. Fun Spider-Man movie. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. Spider-Man and Robocop and the Master. I was so confused when he said Far From Home. It, <laughs> I was yeah. like, what the hell is that? But yeah, it's the... Uh, yeah. I'd really Spider-Man like to movie. see... Um, uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man in his own universe. Like, I love him being in the MCU. I wish it was like a both thing, but I hope they do like some sort of both. I don't really like him in the MCU. In, uh, I would much rather him have his own universe because I love him. I just like Spider-Man being there. I do too, but I don't like, like the whole like he, Tony Stark suit thing that makes him basically invincible. And yeah, I did. I feel like I, I really liked him in Civil War though. Yeah, he was awesome. Just but. he, him, and Ant-Man do a good job of just being these small comic reliefs. In kind of the bigger movies, yeah, I would just I would rather yeah. see like him versus uh, what's well, his face Tom Hardy's Venom or something. Honestly, yeah. they they might be joining some sort of Spider-Man universe with the Marvel universe. I don't know if you either of you have seen the Venom two trailer. Is it Venom two? Yeah, it's Venom. I, think it's a Venom I haven't seen trailer. Venom one. No, no, no. It's the Morbius the, trailer. Yeah, yeah, Morbius. Mm, Morbius. Yeah. The Morbius trailer. Right? Jared Leto. Let's uh, go. And it has um uh the Vulture from. Uh, Homecoming, Michael Keaton. Uh huh. Gotcha. As a, a cameo, so there's some was, connection there. Yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. I hope they, I hope they do something because I definitely like. I think Tom Holland might be my favorite Spider-Man, and I'd love to see him both in like the MCU, just because I love superheroes and them coming together, and then have his own like universe almost because they can definitely do something like that. So, that's my opinion. All right. Hello. Does that does that about wrap it up? <laughs> Anyone got anything else to say? Well, <coughs> oh, Ethan, what did you watch? Yeah. Come All on. right, guys. Thanks for listening um, to this episode of Couch Critics. Make sure you hit we'll the see couch. See you later on the couch. Hit watch the TV. And, yeah. Just get some How popcorn and have a good old time. How oh, dare you? Hold on. Speaking of popcorn, shut up, Easton. Speaking of popcorn, <laughs> there's buttery kettle corn. Popcorn. No, there isn't. So I like butter popcorn. Kristen likes kettle corn popcorn, and then he combined it. No. It's the future, yes. It's delicious. No. But they only come in packs of three. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else anyone got to say? Talked about popcorn, Spider-Man. I think that about does it. Yeah. Okay, first of all, you guys are jerks. Second of all... I were I watched uh, Spanglish, Superbad, and In the World, and they were all oh, Spanglish. Is that Adam Sandler? Yeah, cool. It was on uh, Superbad. Is in my Superbad? top three comedies of all time. I love Superbad. Yeah. It's up there with yeah, Forty see, Old Virgin and out about talking about Superbad. Yes, I loved. I loved it. Well, so Borat. I haven't seen it probably since high school, yeah, and. It was great again. So, yeah, and, super bad's awesome. Yeah, Spanglish was all right. Inner World was above average, I would say. It's kind of an indie film, but it was good. But Super Bad was definitely the best out of the ones I've seen. I had seen it before, but uh, Tristan hadn't, so we rewatched it, or I rewatched it. Did yeah, she just like, sit there and watch you, or? No, she watched it. She didn't find it as uh, funny as I did, but. 
Do you see how many hours you put in, into uh, Animal Crossing yet? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to check how many hours directly, but I've definitely played it a lot. It, it's um, on your like your Switch profile says like X or more hours. I've oh, got mine today. I can probably check. I got mine today. It was at forty or more hours. I mean, I can technically go check right now, but I'd have to run down and. Nope. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I also just play Animal Crossing while I'm like watching a movie or a TV show, or sometimes I'm even playing a different game, and then when it's loading or whatever. It's a fun game. I play Animal Crossing, so it probably has more hours than are accurate. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm finally getting three new villagers. I have a shop, I have a museum, You're and the diving. three villagers are coming in, so... Nice, nice. All right, Couch Nation. Couch Nation. You heard it here wait, first. Wait, wait. Before we end, Tom yeah. Nook is a bitch. Okay. Uh, oh, we yeah, can also we can... say where people can find us. Uh, so, Cooper, where can they find you? On Twitter and movie critics. What's your email? What? Say your email. <laughs> I don't have one yet. You find me on You have a Yahoo? Twitter or... Letterboxd at Codename Coop. That's all one word, by the it's way. Like Codename Kids not Next two, Door, not three. but Coop. But way cooler. Yeah. But canon. Yeah, but aren't you canonized in that show? I'm immortalized. Easton, where can we find you? All right. You can find me on Twitter code? and... I don't know what you just said, but you can find me on Letterbox and Twitter at Easton Moore Four. So that's Easton Moore IV. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Letterbox. Uh, Best, my where name, can we find you? Oh, thank you for asking, Easton. Uh, on Twitter, uh, my handle is Doctor Thess. So D R T H E S. My Letterbox is linked to my profile. Um, you can also find me at Letterbox at my name Thess Kazak. So. Have fun spelling that. Ha <laughs> suckers. So, um, on that note, uh, I guess we're just going to end. So, um, go watch some well, movies, Couch Nation, Lazy Boys well, and Girls. Make sure people. to follow our official Twitter page. Oh, yeah. yeah. At Couch Critics Pod, where uh, Fax we us, really- too. Huh? Cooper, lay- tell them our fax name, a number. We set up a fax machine. What? My fax? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us our fax number. Is it 911? Yeah, sure, dude. Good one. Uh, dude. We should just end it there so they have time to laugh at And that then maybe joke. by next week we'll be done laughing. <laughs> what, do you even, what would even happen if you faxed the police? Please help. <laughs> Being murdered. Being murdered. LOL. <laughs> Help. There's someone, someone in my, my house. Machine. Someone stole my fax machine. <laughs> okay. Anyways, you can find us on Twitter at Couch Critics Pod. So go Couch uh, give us pod. a follow. Yep. That's right. All right. All right. Now you can sign us out. This. Couch Nation, go watch some movies and on the couch or a chair. Wait, 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 wait. You almost forgot my fun fact. Oh, what is, what is It's actually it? not fun at all. It's really sad. Philip Seymour Hoffman led to 
had his first drink in 23 years at the rap party for this film, leading to a relapse of his alcoholism. He died two years later. Damn. That is a like like mixing drug overdose. Like he makes like a lot of like amphetamines, I think. Yep. That's how he died. Really sad. Yeah. Damn. That is uh, yeah. Really sad. Want to end on a ha- we should end on a Oh, happy okay. This one's happier. Really- Jillian from Workaholics was cast because Paul Thomas Anderson was a fan of the show Workaholics. Paul Thomas Anderson and Sweet. I aren't so different. like three episodes of that. What? Yep. You got you guys are the exact same. I love you both. Thanks. All right. Do, do you Make you sure you me? hit the couch and watch some movies. <laughs> couch Nation. What happened to Bye. us? Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Cooper, what happened to us, man? Okay. <laughs> That's we're done.